Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and life. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist, working for a government agency, and being a professor for over 18 years into building a multi-six-figure mental health business and seven-figure digital product business and doing what I love. Now, I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, great day. Welcome back to the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. I am your host, Dr. TK, and I am super excited for today's episode because I am breaking it down according to not just the four quarters in the year, but like fourth quarters in a football game, all right? So um, I actually want to share potentially like something new that some people may not know about me outside of like the mental health realm. And even that, like people are still getting to know me as they come through for enrollment for our boot camps. So one, I guess, thing that some people may not know about me is, you know, I'm an athletic type person. I have been playing sports since I was about seven. And as an adult, when I was 30 years old, but in shape, right? Getting back in shape is I chose to go and try out to play women's football. Now there are two different types of women's football. There is the one that looks in terms of like clothing and tackle level, just like the men's. And then there's one that still includes tackle all the way, just like the men. However, the women are in lingerie. I went out and I tried out for the ladder, the lingerie. I did not wear a two-piece because I was on the line. I was the center and I played sometimes on defensive line, but my main role was to protect the quarterback. And I was cool with it because I'm like, I don't want to like hit, hit, you know what I'm saying? Like that. But when it was time to, you don't realize how much you have to protect the quarterback in terms of like hitting people until it actually happens. But for me in that season, it was definitely kind of like kickboxing. It was fun. It was relieving stress and it was kind of like another workout, right? So I'm explaining all that just to like one, take you a little bit more behind the scenes, right? So I can get to know you better too in the DMs. Talk back to me on Instagram. But I want to break down specifically profitability in private practice with sharing with you my 11 years in private practice broken down into four quarters. So if you are not new to the podcast, you probably saw and or downloaded the 11-part series that I highlighted for Um, my way to my first million. Granted, it's not all from private practice. As I grew over time in my business, I learned how to scale my time. Right now, I teach those fundamental foundational methods to our growth program known as the Dope Therapist Academy, manifest a profitable private practice. And then once people get their systems in place, their operating systems in place and up and running and things are stable, you know, to a degree, then we can introduce scalability because I like going through business growth in phases. And that's what I teach. That's what I'd encourage because I went in phases, but from time to time, I would get what's called scatterbrain. I would get happy with ideas and start going all over the place. And that's not good for my business and for my time. So in today's episode, I want to share with you quarter one. Okay. But just to give you an idea of like, the titles I have right now based on the four quarters. Let me just like pull them up on my notepad. Quarter one today is going to be talking about getting actually on the field because I play football, right? Or the court, whatever you want to say. But I'm going to talk about getting on the field. 
and maneuvering life as a business owner. The next part of the series, we're going to be covering Hell Week. (laughs) Quarter three is going to be covering staying in the game, staying the course. And then quarter four is going to be talking about how you can win the game, right? And so let's dive deeper into quarter one, getting on the field, maneuvering life as a business owner, okay? Let me just also define business owner versus entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm also known as a business owner. Business owner, to me, my definition is your mindset. It is the way in which you make decisions. It is the way in which you maneuver through your business so that it can grow. An entrepreneur describes the person like a title, like a psychologist. It may come with a little job description, right? But it's more about actionability, execution. So both of those are important and a lot of people use those interchangeably. But in our community, I really teach our students to start operating in their mindset as a business owner because you show up differently when you start becoming the person on your vision board, okay? So I just wanna drop, you know, some nuggets that I've learned along the way. And this corresponds with certain quarters to like a year or even like three to four years, okay? So in the beginning of me getting on the field and growing my private practice or heck, just opening it and starting it is I had to learn how to balance my nine to five job teaching at like three colleges over time. But again, you know, I was able to choose the classes and the schedule that I wanted if they were available. And I had to combine that with, in the beginning, my part-time private practice. So the way that my private practice started, I was working in the juvenile facilities. I was working 40 hours a week with overtime at 60 hours a week. I was also teaching at up to two to three institutions at a time. But again, the classes were once to twice a week for an hour and a half. So not that bad. And I would intentionally schedule things on certain days of the week so that I wouldn't be burnt out or tired. And I would also have time off. So because I was working in the jail, I had three days off a week, at least at one of the facilities that I worked at. So when I started my private practice during that season, to be strategic about it, I scheduled clients on Friday because I wanted to have Saturday and Sunday off, right? And some people may say, oh, I would have chosen Saturday because maybe I want to have Friday off because I worked Monday through Thursday or I worked actually Sunday through Wednesday. I'm sorry. So yeah, the, the camp, the juvenile camp, I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday off and I was off, I was working Sunday through Wednesday. That's what it was. So I took off Thursday. If anything, I was continuing to teach because that was already my schedule on Thursdays, maybe Thursday evening. So I would have the whole day to rest up, sleep in, exercise, do whatever. And then I would start seeing clients on Friday, half a day in the daytime, which meant that it was no kids at the time. Then as I started to get used to my schedule and start working on my marketing and building my systems from scratch, because I didn't have a coach, coaches, at least for private practice didn't exist. I started to build up consistency, build a reputation for myself. And then I thought it would be easier, honestly, for niche purposes to attract the clients that are similar to the people that I see in the jail. The only difference would be they don't have a criminal record, but they have behavioral disorders or behavioral tendencies, right? So I started to attract those type of clients, but of course I would have to add on either a evening or a weekend. So I added on Friday evenings. Then I ran into an issue of some of them played sports, So then I started adding on a Saturday, but I hope that you noticed that I was adding on my schedule in clusters, not one client on Friday, one client on Saturday, one client on Thursday. That's doing too much. And also at the time I'm physically driving to an office, I'm subletting. So I'd prefer to get a discount as a subletter for doing a four hour shift, you know, not an hour here and an hour there, because what if you start building out a caseload all on the same day? Well, now you have to go find another office. Okay. So the biggest tip that I have in quarter one, one of them is balancing your work schedule 
and starting to create a strategic business schedule. Tip number two, going through my journey is I learned how to kind of look at my private practice as like spaghetti. When you're cooking the noodles, the, the longer string ones, you throw them on a wall like in a movie to see what sticks. So I knew that I saw children and adolescents pretty much throughout my whole internship years. I saw adults, but in that season, I really wanted to see what was known as difficult teens. So again, as I mentioned in point one, I just thought it would be an easier transition to market what I already do best. And more importantly, if you are not familiar with marketing or you need to get better at it, who do you speak to the best? Who do you speak about the best in terms of how you can help them solve a problem? I was talking to the kids and the parents and the school counselors, the psychologists, the teachers, because I would maneuver myself right into those communities to talk to the people who breathed on the children who will be making the referrals. So give yourself grace to not need to have it all together in the beginning and just give yourself a season to see what sticks because you may come out of school, you may come out of your job or still working at your job and you may swerp and down, you want to work with a certain population. But then when you start seeing them and it's your schedule, your time, your paperwork, you may realize you, you don't really want to see them. Or maybe you're seeing too much of them because you already see them at your job or somewhere else. Um, the next point is, I recognize throughout the seasons of even my job changing, me going to different facilities, me changing my work schedule, that my schedule change. And so as I mentioned in point one, um, I started doing hour stacking. So for example, I would look at my schedule and say, okay, what will be the best day that I would start with? I want to have Thursdays off. So I want to start with Fridays. Okay, well, what time on Friday do I want to start based on the clientele I want to serve? Well, I want to serve transitional age youth. They can come and college students, they can come in the daytime. So I didn't choose the first slot, to be honest. I looked to see per the consultations, what time do they have available? But I did give them a window, not what day are you available? What time are you available? Uh -uh. So I may have said something like, I'm available on Friday from nine to 12. We see each other on the hour. Do you want to come at nine, 10 or 11? Because we wrap up at 12, right? So the first client, they chose 11. So then if we're talking about being strategic with their hours, then the next person I talk to, you can guess it, I'm going to ask them, are you available on Friday at nine or at 11? I kid you not. I would have to say no to some people, especially if I don't live near my office or I'm not going to rearrange my whole life schedule, my children's schedule, at least in this season to appease to clients. You can't see everybody. If you do that, you're going to burn yourself out. So do hour stacking. The next point is I got on insurance panels because I realized that that's going to keep me in business as I was learning this thing called marketing. So even in our Dope Therapist Academy, I tell clinicians, if you're on insurance panels, keep one in your back pocket. We are living in a state of inflation right now. Some clients have jobs and tomorrow they don't. Even if they're an entrepreneur overnight, it don't mean they got benefits. And so even if they got benefits, it don't mean they're going to have the same benefits they got now. So don't just throw away everything just because you want private pay because with private pay, you still have to market. The only difference is with insurance, at least they send you clients. They may not be your ideal clients, but that is something you can do something about as well that we talk about in our program. But the idea would be that you figure out very creative marketing ways so that you're always in front of people. Even if you have a caseload that is full, you still need to be marketing, you know, a few times a week, a month, because you never know when someone's going to graduate per se and prematurely terminate or they no longer can see you. So with insurance panels, they're not bad. 
In our program, we have a bonus call that we give you access to more like a masterclass in which we go over all the pros and cons and ins and outs of things you want to consider when you want to either get on or get off of or stay on and enhance the insurance panels. Okay. Um, the last point that I want to cover is fee structure. My fee structure over the last 11 years and the last four years is actually say the same, but my fee structure has changed. And so my first client, I'm not embarrassed to say it because I think that a lot of therapists and business owners go through this where you just, again, throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. And then you learn from those first few situations and you say, I'm never going to do this again. It's not that the clients were bad. It's just that you felt devalued in your soul. So my first client, they were paying 75 bucks. I just wanted a client to pay for my office. You know what I'm saying? Like that was my goal. No, they were paying 45. And I think the reason I came up with that fee schedule is because I was on an EAP panel that paid the lowest. And I was like, all right, I'll I'll just get paid this because I didn't know. But honestly, if I break down my salary, even though I was getting paid six figures at my job, my job was paying me 55 bucks. I'm like, hell, if I ain't got to do all the paperwork, 45 bucks is looking real good. Now, that was only the first three clients and they were all in college. After that, I jumped to between 125 and 150. And the reason I say between, because if somebody was experiencing a financial hardship, they would get that particular amount for a certain amount of time, but that was it. Then within a year, I went to 150. I just stayed at 150 for probably about two to three years. And then after that, I went to 200. So I was probably in business and private practice for about three years. And at that time, I had already had a group practice as well. But um, I was charging 150. And then probably in my fourth year, just about, I was charging for one-on-one, 200, and for couples or families up to four, uh, 250, okay? Um, So that was my going rate for groups. It depended on what type of group it was, how many, for example, teenagers were in the group, was I running the group, was an intern running the group, it just depends, okay? So again, the whole purpose of this episode is really just to categorize What were those first few months or years like in private practice for me? And if you've been in private practice for a while, you may want to think back to what has been your journey. Have you grown through your journey? Now, I hope so. But sometimes we start to repeat patterns from our previous journey. And that is the one thing or one of the things that is preventing your growth. So my first couple of years were all about just getting on the field and really seeing what sticks. So I want to hear from you. Head over to Instagram, get into my DMs at Dr. TK Psych. The link is also in the show notes. And I want to hear from you. What was your biggest takeaway or what resonated with you um, the most and or what sounded the same for you? Like maybe you went through the same thing or you're going through it right now. Hop in my DM and talk to me, right? I can't see you on the podcast. It's an audio podcast for this series. Sometimes I do them on YouTube, but this one is audio only. So let me know what's going through your mind as we're talking about getting on the field. If you are just going into private practice, I also want you to talk about what are some things that maybe you're getting stuck in that may be preventing you from even starting your private practice. Now, again, huge announcement. We are having as of August 14th, an abundant CEO private practice bootcamp. The theme of this bootcamp is work from anywhere and everywhere. We are going to be covering how to create a marketable and brandable, and even a word, right? Telehealth practice by being able to create an abundant lifestyle and being an abundant CEO so that you can work from anywhere and everywhere if you so choose, right? We're also going to be assessing the back office of your business. We're going to have a niche and wealth workshop intermixed with all these things. 
And we also added back a free Facebook community in which those individuals that officially sign up in the bootcamp, just go to drtk.com forward slash links, or the link is in the show notes. Once you sign up, you will get access to the Facebook group. Make sure that you fill out the prompts, put in the first and last name that you signed up with because the Facebook name sometimes ain't the same. Plus your email address. Our team will verify you because you can't get in unless you are officially on our bootcamp list. And then we will be doing some special things that will not be on YouTube. They will not be on Instagram. They will not be in my stories. They will not be on TikTok. They will not be anywhere except for that Facebook group. And just to give you a hint, we are going to be allowing those people in that group to ask me coaching questions and some other things that we will release to them once the bootcamp gets started. Now, also, if you are interested in learning more about the Dope Therapist Academy, that's one of the reasons why you want to have the full bootcamp experience. The replays are available just in case you can't make it to the live session, so no excuses. But also, we will be opening up the doors to our Dope Therapist Academy private practice program at the end of the bootcamp. And you will have a very short period of time to get in before we close the doors because we do not have a rolling open enrollment for this program right now. It's like you get in during a cohort. If you don't get in, you have to wait until we open up another one. And at this time, there is no release date for the next one because if you have been following me for a while, you know that after our private practice season, we go into scale season. And that's for people who are already growing and delegating and making money and have systems in their mainstream of income, also known as private practice. All right. So hop over to Dr. TK Psych. Let me know what was your biggest takeaway. Please share this episode with at least two different therapists that you feel like this will be helpful for, no matter if they're in the beginning phases or of a private practice or they are in private practice, but maybe they're ready to go full time. Maybe they're ready to leave their job and they just need to, you know, get connected. I hope to see you in the boot camp. Hope to see you in DTA if it's a great match. But if you have any questions, also hop in my DM and ask away as we are in open season for profitable private practices. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now I know that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, please head over to our resource page at drtk.com forward slash links for additional abundant resources. Until the next episode, live intentionally abundant.